This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, so it was uh, uh, kind of fun yesterday afternoon. I did a uh, 4:05 interview in the afternoon with a uh, radio station down in Denver, uh, 710 KNUS, if I recall right off the top of my head. Stefan Tubbs is the host of that hour of the program. Uh, during the rush hour traffic in Denver, I was like, man, I, I don't envy you guys at all in that miserable traffic uh, in Denver. Denver, Colorado. But anyway, uh, he's originally from Haver, Montana, and has a lot of uh, family ties still up there. So he was like me and likely you uh, Saturday night uh, when the, the airspace shut down over Haver, Montana. His phone started blowing up with people asking questions and uh, sending info his way. Same thing happened to me. So I uh, had a great, he reached out uh, to have me on his program yesterday and uh, yeah, I had a good conversation kind of updating our, our friends down in Colorado with what we've been uh, seeing and hearing up here in Montana and uh, trying to cut through all the noise but uh, he ended up he played a soundbite from uh, liberal senator john tester on one of the fake news sunday programs uh, probably abc or somebody like that and uh, and so i was like all right before we get back to this spy balloon let me just uh, let me just let a little air out of uh, john tester's balloon here for a second not the words i used yesterday but the words i'm going to use today this guy is a phony. This guy is one of the biggest liberals in the United States Senate. But see, there's an election year next year, so now he has to pretend to look tough on China. Then you just you just watch how some in the media will fall over themselves to give this guy airtime. Will be desperate to help make this guy look tough on China. The the very same reporters and editors who six months ago wouldn't even cover the fact that the story about the communist Chinese buying land near our nuclear missile silos here in Montana, the very same news outlets that, that would roll their eyes if you dared say anything about the communist Chinese. Now, all of a sudden, oh, they're all about doing stories about the communist Chinese. Because, see, John Tester now all of a sudden wants to talk about it because next year is an election year and john tester has earned a lot of wealth since he became united states uh, senator john tester and he's bankrupted this country he campaigned in 2006 campaigning against the national debt you know what the national debt was back then six trillion dollars which was outrageous then it's now 32 trillion dollars well, you guys, are, I, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time we get to uh, we get to 2024, if we're not at 36 trillion dollars, which would tell me that now I went to journalism school at the University of Montana. So I'm openly acknowledging that I'm not going to be good at math. If I was smart enough, I would have studied engineering at MSU. But six times uh, six is 36. So I'll, I'll bet you by, by the before John Tester. Uh, is 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 out of office because we've got to get him out of office. Uh, he's probably going to drive up the national debt to $36 trillion if the Republicans in the House aren't able to stop him. The guy is a blowhard. The guy is full of hot air. And 
it's time that we not only uh, let the air out of these Chinese spy balloons, it's time, it's time we let the air out of John Tester's balloon as well. And by the way, hat tip to Evan and Belt. I saw a message he shared. I'm going to share that next. Reporting from the Montana Legislature, I'm Eleanor Smith. Several bills moving through the 68th Legislature would dictate how medical and educational professionals can treat transgender people. Two pertain to health care. House Bill 303 would allow medical providers to object to providing care if it goes against their personal or religious beliefs, including gender-affirming care. Senate Bill 99 would bar any doctor from providing gender-affirming care to a child under the age of 18. House Bill 361 would protect children from disciplinary action if they use the wrong name or pronouns for a peer in school. The House Judiciary Committee passed the bill 13 to 6 with an amendment that would allow schools to intervene in bullying cases. The bill is expected to get a vote from the full House early this week. Republican Representative Brandon Lur from Savage is the sponsor. He said kids shouldn't be punished for what they don't understand. Republican Representative Jennifer Carlson spoke out in favor of the bill in committee. This is protecting against kids who are getting in trouble for doing something that can be handled in a way other than discipline. Opponents said that students who genuinely make a mistake and use the wrong pronouns or name don't get in trouble for it, and the bill would open the door for discrimination against gender-diverse kids. Democratic Representative S.J. Howell of Missoula spoke in opposition of the bill in the committee. We are carving out one specific thing that some individuals find objectionable and exempting it from policy, from school board policies that they're allowed to address. I think that that is not a good way to legislate. I think it is both reactionary and discriminatory. During the public hearing, many of the opponents were gender diverse kids themselves who spoke about being bullied and harassed. Representative Donovan Hawk, a Democrat from Butte, told the committee he saw some of them crying outside the room, and that's one of the reasons he wouldn't support the bill. This legislative update is brought to you by the University of Montana School of Journalism, the Montana Broadcasters and Newspaper Associations, and the Greater Montana Foundation. I love this song! I love nachos. Loving everything? You might be buzzed. You know what I'd love? A rock. California-style zoning regulations will keep Montana feeling like Montana. To learn more, go to frontierinstitute.org slash housing. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, lots to talk about this morning here on Montana Talks. But I, w- I want to start with, actually, this was a message that came in from Evan in Belt. You know, we had so much ground to cover yesterday uh, on this show and so many messages that came in on our Montana Talks app. I know I shared at least one message from Evan in Belt yesterday on the show. But th- this message, I don't I don't think I actually, I think I forgot to share this one yesterday. Now, we're not able to share every single message that comes in. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, these these national talk radio shows. Uh, try calling into Levin. Try calling into Hannity. Try calling in. If you ever tried to call in when Rush was on the air, good luck uh, even getting through on the phone line, let alone making it on the air. And so eventually, you know, you, sometimes you just get overwhelmed with with phone calls and messages that you're not able to get to all of them, especially in in our nine o'clock hour. But this one, uh, this was spot on. And this message actually came in. What was it? Friday night? Would this have come in Friday night? I think this came in Friday night. And uh, and it's it's spot on. And really, this one needs to be pushed back to the top this week. Uh, and and it ties in with you know this radio interview I did uh, with a, a Denver radio station yesterday, and kind of telling them, hey, here's what we're hearing from 
uh, from folks up here in Montana. Here's uh, the news that transpired over the weekend. And, you know, we broke down the fact that, hey, the, the object that led to the shutdown of airspace over Haver, Montana, on Saturday night was the same object that was shot down over Lake Huron. So we broke that down for them just like we broke it down uh, for you yesterday as well. But then they played a soundbite from liberal Senator John Tester. And then I basically said, hey, let, let me just let me just uh, let your friend, your folks know in Denver that this guy is a blowhard. He is a radical liberal. He's a radical leftist, and he's just now trying to look tough in, because next year is an election year, and he does this all the time. And I, and I made the point that John Tester has been providing cover fire for the communist Chinese. He's been providing cover fire for the Biden administration. And we saw that once again in the past few days where he couldn't help himself. He wanted to look like he was asking tough questions of the Biden administration. But then he provided cover fire for them, and he took shots at his fellow Montanans who were calling on the spy balloon to be shot down. So that was very obvious that that he just can't help himself as much as he tries to look tough. We know that he's just uh, full of hot air. Here is what Evan and Belt had to say. He summed it up really well. Just like the Chinese spy balloon, John Tester is full of hot air. I just saw him on the evening news sounding all tough and that he is going to hold anyone who allowed it to happen accountable. Maybe start with Biden. I hate to sound like a broken record, but why the hell did he let it traverse the whole country? And as for Tester, he must be gearing up for next year. Big man on the spy balloon, but doesn't do squat about having hearings on wokeness in the forces and the degradation it has on our service members. Then there's the depletion of our assets going to Ukraine. Crickets on that as well. Just wait, pretty soon he will be on TV, cruising the back roads around Big Sandy with a shotgun in the back window, pretending to be a poor dirt farmer. By the way, could that pump-action shotgun be considered an assault weapon? If so, I'm sure he would be more than willing to vote with the other radical Democrats to ban it. And to, and to think, there are some who think he's a great senator. Not sure how they come to that conclusion. Uh, that was from Evan and Belt. Yeah, Evan, thanks uh, Thanks for that message. And uh, I'm going to have to re-rack that one later on in the 9 o'clock hour because this phony needs to be called out. And the phony media that gives him so much attention also needs to get called out. Uh, I mean, it's just about – in fact, yeah, you know, inside baseball for you here since it's, you know, it's still early morning hours of this show here. I, I, uh, I got a couple great stories from our friend Peter Christian at KGVO News in Missoula this morning. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I said to him, I said, look, when it comes to John Tester, I said, I said, we'll cover news on our website. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, the, the news of the day, et cetera, and on our radio. I said, but I'm not giving that guy free airtime, you know, with this canned press release, pre-written, staged garbage material. No, if he wants to come in here and take phone calls from listeners where we the people get to ask questions like like it's supposed to be the process, then he, then he can come in here on this show. Uh, every other elected official in Montana practically has done that. Governor Greg Gianforte comes in all the time and takes your phone calls. Congressman Ryan Zinke, uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale, Attorney General Austin Knutson, we could go down the list, come in all the time and take your phone calls. Senator Daines has even taken phone calls on this show from time to time. Uh, usually we'll catch him in the early morning hours and do a quick interview with him. 
but but even he's he's been on in in our statewide show in particular because uh, that's that's one of my deals with our statewide show. You want to come in, especially for the full hour. Well, we're going to take phone calls, uh, and so uh, so Danes has done it. Gianforte's done it. Austin Knutson's done it. Ryan Zinke's done it. Matt Rosendale, but John Tester is too afraid to do it. And 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 you know why? Because everywhere else he goes. He he gets these fake, phony, softball questions, glorified puff pieces, and they run cover for him. While he runs cover for the Biden administration, while he runs cover for the Iranians when he supported when Tehran John was supporting the Iranian nuclear deal, he's running cover for the communist Chinese, and and too many in the Montana media run cover for him. But anyway, back to to our friend Peter Christian. I sent him that email and I said, I said I, I'm not running with a you know, puff piece, press release, talking point garbage uh, from a guy who's too afraid to even come into our – he won't come into our uh, radio station. He won't go down the hall to see our friends the Breakfast Flakes. Of course, he's too chicken to see them. And uh, and and he, he and then Peter Christian – so I, I was telling this to Peter Christian. He said, yeah, he came in once a long time ago. And then I, I asked him about one of his uh, campaign donors. I forget who it was. I think it was a, a Chinese uh, a communist a guy connected to the communist Chinese. I asked him about that guy, and uh, he refuses to come in ever since. The guy is a radical left-wing blowhard. Radical professionals. 406-201-6263. QC Kinetics. That's 406-201-6263. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nemitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, time is running out on Mexico for it to explain the science behind the country's planned ban on GMO corn imports. If it continues, the dispute threatens to disrupt billions of dollars worth of corn trade between the United States and Mexico. Colorado farmer Troy Snyder says that it's a huge issue for corn growers like him. It's huge. Um, you know, if you look at our exports, we export 17% of our national corn crop. Of that, you know, about 5% goes to Mexico. It's a large customer of ours. Where are they getting this push? What's driving them? Um, Jacqueline Wilson from Alliance Nebraska and myself just went over to the collaboration platform on agriculture with NCBA and NCGA. I think it's influence from the European Union and other nations that are driving Mexico to push this. We have to head that off because if we don't, those ideas over in Europe are going to hit our shores here and they're slowly coming on shore. And so we have to be able to know how they lost or lost their footing with their public sentiment over in Europe because I think that's where Mexico is getting their push. But it's huge. I mean, you know, what's next? Where are they going to feed their, how are they going to feed their people? I mean, we'll send them beef, but they've got to think about how they're going to feed their people. Meanwhile, the office of the U.S. Trade Representative says that the next steps could include escalating the dispute settlement process under USMCA, which organizations like the National Corn Growers Association support if a resolution can't be worked out otherwise. Stay with us. We'll have more ag news right after this. 
Take a trip to the grocery store, and you'll pay record high prices for food, while multinational corporations rake in massive profits. Meanwhile, the farmer's share of the food dollar is only 15 cents. Farmers Union is fighting for laws in the Farm Bill, like a competition title that promote fair markets. A healthy and vibrant food system is possible, but we can't get there without fairness for farmers. Visit fairnessforfarmers.org, paid for by National Farmers Union. Sales season's here again, and there are a lot of black-hided Angus bulls on the market, but not all of them are registered. Why take the risk? Don't gamble on unproven genetics. Invest wisely with registered, powered by Angus bulls. Backed by the power of the American Angus Association and 80 million data points, registered Angus bulls give you the confidence in your buying decisions. Don't buy an imposter. Look for the registration number. Buy the power. Buy registered Angus bulls. Well, bipartisan legislation has been reintroduced in the U.S. Senate to strengthen the labeling of U.S. bison products and prevent water buffalo products from being deceptively labeled as buffalo. The Truth and Buffalo Labeling Act provides the FDA with authority to ensure that products with water buffalo are marketed as water buffalo so consumers aren't misled to believe the product contains bison. And finally, this week, the USDA announced some new investments and strategies to help farmers and ranchers conserve water, address climate change, and build drought resilience across the West. The effort is through the Western Water and Working Land Framework for Conservation Action to address key water and land management challenges across 17 Western states. NRCS Chief Terry Cosby says USDA is utilizing the framework and all available tools to help deliver assistance. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nimitz. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, man, we have, I was just talking with our producer, Travis, man, we have got a ton of content uh, ready to roll for you here this morning. Uh, Montana Senator Steve Daines was on Sean Hannity's radio show yesterday afternoon. You probably heard parts of it right here, 1450 KMMS Bozeman, 970 KBUL Billings. Uh, uh, Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke uh, was on Fox News as well, uh, talking about the weak leadership in the Biden administration. Administration. Uh, Danes had a great interview uh, with Sean Hannity. I heard part of it. Definitely want to hear more. I'll probably play that for you here in just a few minutes. Uh, Lewis and Clark uh, County Sheriff Leo Dutton out of Helena, Montana. You know, he's head of the Western Sheriff's Association. We've talked with him on the show here uh, before. He was uh, on Fox News talking about the fentanyl crisis and the need to shut down our southern border. Uh, so we've got that ready for it, man. And then, of course, there's Mayor Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Would he? Would he be? A, what did you call that thing? What's What's the other word for a zeppelin, Travis? It's a. You know, it's a. <laughs> we got a, a great message here in our Montana Talks app. Uh, Lucas in Broadview. Uh, isn't John Tester the lead sing uh, lead singer of a liberal rock band? He'd be Red Zeppelin, Red Zeppelin. And I was, I was, I was trying to get, I was, I was trying to, okay, I was trying to, it, it was a little, I'm an 80s kid, so it was a little slower of a, it was slower for me to get it, but, but then Travis made the point, okay, red like the red China, like red China, yeah, get that one. And then a Zeppelin is, is like a balloon. Think of like the Hindenburg or the other word that, uh, Trivia Travis, our, uh, Trivia Night producer here. Oh, yeah. Uh, now I'm gonna, now I'm, now I won't be able to say it. Is it a, a 
dirigible. Dirigible. I know it sounds like vegetable. Dirigible. Uh, it's a. It's another word for for this uh, this type of balloon. All right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Great message there from Lucas. Lucas in Broadview. But uh, uh, yeah, Liberal Senator John Tester. I mean, that was a great summary there by Evan and Belt. That basically, now it's an election year, so this guy is is uh, full of hot air, just like a, a China spy balloon that flew all across this country. You know, and, and John, you remember, John Tester was pretty quiet in those first few days, wasn't he? Remember when the, the China spy balloon was caught overhead? John Tester wasn't talking tough then. He was staying pretty quiet. But you know who was talking tough about defending America and shooting down that China spy balloon? It was uh, Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke. It, it, it was Governor Greg Gianforte and others. And... Where was John Tester? Oh, you know, hiding in his little New York Times paid-for bunker. But now he wants to look tough on China. Now, after the fact. See, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback this stuff, isn't it? Now he wants to pretend to be tough. Now he wants to go do his little glory tour with his liberal media buddies all across the state in the next few days to make it look like he's going to be tough on the communist Chinese. But we know it. He's running cover for them. And uh, and not standing up for us and for we the people. And if you've got any question as to that, just go look at the problems in our VA right now. Uh, all right, uh, Steve Daines on Hannity, and much more to follow. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Former President Trump has company in the Republican presidential race, his former United Nations ambassador and South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility secure our border and strengthen our country our pride and our purpose she put out an announcement video this morning a mass shooter at michigan state university 43 years old had no known connection to the school his motive at this point unknown according to police we can also confirm at this time that all five of the injured victims at the hospital were also msu students Three people were killed in that shooting, also students. That's Deputy Campus Police Chief Chris Roseman. Annual inflation in January, the consumer price index comes in at 6.4%. It was 6.5% last month. It's Valentine's Day. The National Retail Federation says Americans on average plan to spend 192 bucks on gifts. America's listening to Fox News. Yeah, so Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, uh, the Trans Secretary is how we would shorten the acronym uh, back when I worked on Capitol Hill. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, the guy that couldn't fill potholes as a mayor in Indiana. But he fits a woke checkbox uh, because he because he's gay. They made him a cabinet member uh, purely on that alone, uh, which is obvious because the guy is an absolute train wreck. Look at what's been happening with our skies. Look at all the flights that have been grounded. Look at all the problems uh, uh, federal uh, aviation that's going on right now. Look at all the train wrecks that are going on right now. Uh, under this train wreck of a, a transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, I want you to hear, this is how uh, this is how uh, a hazardous materials expert, Silver, uh, Silverio Caggiano, talks about the disaster in East 
Palestine, Ohio, where a, a train filled with toxic materials has now left that town unlivable to both humans and pets. This is uh, after this uh, uh, this uh, uh, train wreck and in, in train derailment in Palestine, Ohio. It reminds you of that nuclear winter stuff that you see when you know when you watch these nuclear sure. explosion programs and stuff. And I'm saying, wow, you know, this really looks like a nuclear winter. And I said, well, you know, pretty much, yeah, yeah. we nuked this town for chem with chemicals. And this is what they're getting. Yeah, they talked about this town of, of, of East Palestine, Ohio. That's how you say it. How it looks like a nuclear winter. Fish kills and, and so much more that has now happened after this, this latest train wreck. And this is just the latest. There's been a number of these incidents that have been taking place. There have been a number of near uh, collisions in our skies or uh, at our airports across the country recently. Uh, look at the problems Amtrak has been having of late. Now, they've been plagued with, with some of those challenges for a number of years. But the point being is that this is a guy who's too focused on racist bridges and racist roads and woke garbage. And he's not getting the day-to-day -day job done. In fact, even yesterday... He was at he was giving a, a talk. He was at a speaking engagement, and he he didn't say anything about this train wreck and this huge disaster in uh, East Palestine, Ohio. But he did have time to make this remark: to work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges, on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery. Yeah, so major da disaster just occurred in Ohio. Uh, Sam Fattis, the former CIA operations officer we had on the show yesterday, has a post, Pete Buttigieg and Chernobyl in Ohio. But he's too busy talking about white construction workers. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I think we get an answer to a question here from Jeff in Billings. In this uh, interview with uh, Sean Hannity and Senator Steve Daines on the Sean Hannity Show yesterday, right here on these very same uh, radio stations carrying Montana Talks, uh, Jeff in Billings sent us a message uh, uh, yesterday afternoon. I heard last week... A caller discussed maybe that the China spy balloon was never detected, as they have claimed. Then, once it was reported by someone in Billings, the administration and the military backtracked and said they knew about it. Can't we investigate whether or not the military really did know about this? Uh, the recent news about the military adjusting their radars to detect smaller objects makes me question whether they even knew. Maybe Congress can investigate. All right, Jeff, uh, good question. Thanks for that message. Uh, here's a, I think I think this may come up here in this conversation with Sean Hannity and Steve Daines. Senator Steve Daines of uh, the great state of Montana back with us. Senator, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Sean. Thanks. You know, I I think it's very clear. Um, considering the first balloon was from China, I think the odds have to be fairly high that the next three 
um, whatever they are, balloons, or we don't, we haven't even gotten confirmation that they're balloons, but the next three objects probably similarly came from China. Is that a good bet? Well, it's probably a good bet, but I think stepping back for a moment, the historical significance here, Sean, you know, NORAD has been a great mission there in Colorado Springs underneath Cheyenne Mountain. That mission was founded 65 years ago, 1958, under the Eisenhower administration. And over the course of 65 years, NORAD, of course, which has jurisdiction over Alaska, Canada, and the lower 48, this is the first time the United States has ever shot down not one, but four aerial objects. So they basically, for 65 years, had never taken down an aerial object until eight days ago, and now they've subsequently shot down three more. What concerns me and so many Montanans is these objects have been floating right over Montana. As you rightly pointed out, Sean, we house about 150 intercontinental ballistic missiles in Montana. These are weapons of mass destruction. In fact, they're uh, controlled by the Malstrom Air Force Base in Great Falls, Montana. My favorite commander challenge coin that I have in my entire collection, I have some great coins from all over the world, great military leaders, came from the commander at the 341st Missile Wing, Great Falls, Montana, and it says this, scaring the hell out of America's enemies since 1962. This is how we prevent world wars, is because of an incredible force sitting underground in Montana. That's where these objects are flying over, and and you, and you also pointed out something that needs to be reemphasized. Had it not been for Larry Mayer, he's a photographer with the Billings Gazette in Billings, Montana. He got the picture of that spy balloon on a telephoto camera and posted on their digital website, the Billings Gazette. The AP Stringer picked it up, and suddenly NORAD realized that we, civilian Montanans, had picked up the spy balloon after it gone across the Aleutian Islands, across Canada, across Idaho, over our missile fields, and then over Billings, Montana. It was a civilian that busted this story on that first Chinese spy balloon. I, I can't for the life of me understand how we would have such a vulnerability that our own government never even picked up that the balloon was flying all over the U.S. How is that possible? Well, I, you know, Sean, as, when we get to the bottom of this, and this is why we're insisting on information, uh, I think we're going to find out the incredible weakness of this administration. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind uh, there was a chance to take a shot when it came into U.S. airspace over the Aleutian Islands. They violated our sovereign airspace. This is a big deal, and the, the administration wouldn't take the shot. It reminds me, Sean, of back when Barack Obama was in the White House, when you talk to the, the commanders over fighting against ISIS uh, on the war on terror, if they want to take a shot at a terrorist, one of these jackpot targets, you know, some well-known uh, leader in ISIS, they had to run it through all these chains of command all the way back to Washington, D.C., and by the time they got clearance from the White House to take the shot, the target moved. They've got to have trust in the military, empower them to do what's right. That's what Trump did, by the way. He delegated decision-making down to the lower levels so they can move quickly. That's what you got to do. you got to trust the military. But this White House, I think they're probably, they were under a fetal position under their desks, wondering what to do about this Chinese spy balloon. And they said they didn't want it to, to, you know, to, to strike any, uh, have any collateral damage on the ground. Sean, they, they got to see what's over the state of Montana. 
Montana. The biggest risk he would have had was hitting a cow, a prairie dog, or an antelope. I mean, there was a perfect time to take that shot in Montana, perfect time to take it over the Aleutians. And now you've seen the inconsistency of their argument because now these other options are starting to fly in. Yeah, that, that, that was their excuse the first time where it allowed the balloon to travel all the way off the coast of the Carolinas. Uh, now, because they got such negative pushback, now they'll just shoot it out of the sky anywhere it is. Right. Well, and, and I, I had to chuckle, too. I mean, we shouldn't be laughing, Sean. This is a matter of national security, and the United States is looking very, very weak on the world stage. But look at Prime Minister Trudeau. He's not exactly the Winston Churchill of the world. He spoke to the press today. Trudeau got out, and I think the score right now is, you know, U.S. Territory 3, Canada 1. That, that Lake Huron uh, object may have been on the border, but regardless, call it 2-2. Two two. Prime Minister Trudeau has had objects taken out. He's in front of the people of Canada. And even if you don't know exactly what's going on, the commander-in-chief role is to get in front of your people, tell them exactly what you know, what you don't know, and let them know you're doing something about it. For Biden to avoid the press, he throws his Senate spokespeople out on Sunday talk shows. That's who's defending the White House right now. It is time for the commander-in-chief to get in front of the American people and give us an update on what's going on. Sean, the people in Montana, we have a lot of people who are very afraid. They're calling on Saturday night when they close the airspace over Havre, Montana. That's north-central Montana. It's in the vicinity of where some of those missile silos are. Uh, people were calling me, county commissioners calling me, saying, Steve, what do you know? We're very concerned. This is the second time we've shut down airspace in Montana. And, you know, we just don't have answers. We need to get the commander-in-chief in front of this. What do you make of this New York Times article on Sunday? It contained the following paragraph. The incursions seem to become so common that the Biden administration officials have found themselves issuing private assurances that there's no evidence that they involve extraterrestrial activity. But officials also acknowledge privately that the longer they are unable to provide a public explanation and a province of the objects, the more speculation grows. Um, okay. And then asked at a news conference, the, the head of NORAD, um, General, uh, Glenn D. Van Herc, the commander of the, uh, Air Force's Northern Command said, I, I haven't ruled out anything on this point and discounted any thoughts that the Air Force should, you know, shot out of the sky, any sort of alien visitors. I mean, is that the answer they really want to give the American people? Yeah. Now, who feels better with an answer like that? If, I mean, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. You're right. I don't either. I mean, it's like I didn't take my kids to go watch E.T. I'm trying to get the answer to what's going on right now with these objects that are flying over our country over missile fields and sensitive military installations. Here's the other problem, Sean, is that when there's a vacuum of information, is that there's, there's two ways vacuums get filled. And one of those ways is our adversaries then fill in that vacuum. That's why the Chinese jump out in front and they said, oh, this is a weather balloon. Because, you know, because we did make not did not make a decision. Yeah, OK, is the, does anybody believe that? Because I don't believe that. I'm sure you don't believe it either. That, that, is, that is a 100 percent. That is 100 percent lie coming from a communist regime. It was not a weather balloon. That was a spy balloon. And so it, what happens, you've got a loss of credibility of the United States of America. And it's showing more weakness by Biden. And, Sean, you know what happens when you have communist dictators power-hungry leaders, when they sense weakness, they act. And that's exactly what I think is going on right now. That first Chinese spy balloon, I think, was a trial balloon. And by the way, the Pentagon confirmed last Thursday it 
did and is, was able to conduct and pick up sensitive information. So this notion is somehow kind of a benign balloon up there. Uh, make no mistake, that balloon has sophistication to it. We'll find out more as we get the briefs on it. But the White House is trying to poo-poo it like, you know, nothing to see here. And literally, there's nothing to see had it not been for the Billings Gazette taking that picture in Billings Monument. That's crazy. Let me ask you this. Yeah, and I would add, I'll, I'll play the, the last uh, minute or so of that conversation. I would just add, you know, hey, not only a uh, hat tip to, to Larry Mayer at the Billings Gazette, but also our folks uh, at our radio stations uh, took similar photographs and and raised this issue as well. And so, so uh, and, and collectively, when you get at local news sources doing what they're supposed to do, which is questioning their government, questioning things just like this, that's when you finally see, see action taking place in American people demanding accountability. And, 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 and frankly, that, that's exactly what, what sh- should have been done, not just with this China spy balloon, but that's exactly what we did. When it came to these COVID lockdowns and mandates, it's exactly what we did when we were questioning the, the official nonsense narrative coming out of Washington on the Russia collusion hoax, on the Hunter Biden laptop, and so much more. So here's an instance where uh, local news did their job. Let's do more of it, right? All right. Uh, phone lines are open for you as well. 2940970. Back right after this. Hannity again right now. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. We got an update on China and their military planes and warships have now entered the Taiwan Strait. Two dozen Chinese military planes, warships detected in the Taiwan Strait and 11 of Beijing's aircraft crossed the the median line. You know what I'm, I'm telling you what's happening here is neither China nor Russia, nor any of these countries, all of the world's worst actors have no fear of Joe Biden and his ability to fight back or make a decision. So they feel empowered, they feel emboldened, and it would not shock me if the balloon trial was a test of Biden in a lead up to maybe their quote reunification with Taiwan, which I'm pretty certain is coming, if not sooner, at some point later, because they're saying that it's going to happen. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Do you have more than $50,000 saved for retirement that you can't afford to lose? Biden's pro-inflation White House sent billions to Ukraine, burying U.S. in national debt, while doing nothing to stop inflation and help our own country. Can your retirement survive crippling inflation and growing debt at the same time? If you have $50,000 or more saved for retirement, heed the warnings. Do something to protect yourself now. That's why, right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to protect their retirement savings from everything that's going on. So call 855-815-GOLD to get your free IRS loophole kit and see how you could protect your retirement savings while getting up to $10,000 in free silver for doing it. We could be looking at a future worse than 2008. So don't wait. Call Gold 16263. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios, trusted by the Northwest, Montana owned. Online at Grizzly Gold and Silver.com. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. 
This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I want to play the, the final minute and a half or so, a couple of minutes of that Steve Daines interview with Sean Hannity yesterday uh, right here on these very same uh, Montana Talks radio stations. Uh, but first, let's go to your phone calls, 294-0970. We've got Matt in Billings first up this morning. Hey, Matt, great to hear from you. What's going on? Good morning. Yeah, you know, me as a patriot, I'm sitting here thinking after the uh, balloon in flying over our homeland, do I feel less or more safe? But after the last two years of Joe Biden threatening us as us Americans with the America military, I actually feel more safe because I know he's not going to act. Hmm. And explain. Well, it's because, you know, he, he threatened us a couple of times, like, you know, you guys don't need your Second Amendment and your rights because uh, because uh, you have to have missiles and airplanes to defeat the U.S. government. Think about it in this way. If Joe Biden's not going to act, and so like us Americans, we don't have to worry about him acting on on his threats to us. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there. The, the guy's so indecisive that, hey, hey don't worry, he's never going to actually... Although... Who was it? Was it Newt Gingrich or I think it was Lindsey Graham who was talking about how uh, there's decisive Joe Biden and there's indecisive Joe Biden. He's very decisive when it comes to acting against the American people. I mean, he decisively shut down the Keystone Pipeline. He decisively uh, kicked thousands of troops to the curb. But then he is so indecisive when it comes to the communist Chinese, Russia, and everybody else, like actual threats to America. Uh, but, but uh, hey, appreciate the phone call, Matt. Thanks for calling in. Great to hear from you. Here's the final uh, minute or so of that conversation with Sean Hannity and Senator Steve Daines uh, yesterday uh, right here on these very radio stations. Chinese military planes, New York Post now reporting uh, late this afternoon, Two dozen Chinese military planes and warships now detected in the Taiwan Strait. Uh, is is this the moment? Is this the time? Um, they've talked about reunification with Taiwan. You and I both know that means an invasion and takeover of Taiwan. Um, I don't think the U.S. under Joe Biden would lift a finger. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and, and boy, yeah, we hope and pray this is not the time. It should never be the time. But weakness invites uh, our adversaries to act. That is the point. I go back to Ronald Reagan. You do too, John. That was the first president I got to vote for when I was in college. It was peace through strength. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. A strong America ensures we have a more secure world. Look what happened in the debacle in Afghanistan when the president showed his weakness with that failed Bosch evacuation in August of 2021. Uh, there, this, is, this is one more failure on the world stage. It's just a replay of Jimmy Carter's years of, in 79 where the world sensed weakness and thank God the American people rose up in 1980 and swept him out of power. But it's a dangerous moment in history when you have a weak commander in chief. Well said. Uh, Senator, we appreciate you always being with us. We love our friends in Montana. Uh, Steve Daines, Senator of the great state of Montana. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Sean. All right. Yeah, no, great. Uh, great job by Senator uh, Daines on Hannity's program yesterday. I think he a answered that question uh, from Jeff and Billings as well, uh, because uh, Senator Daines earlier said he was extremely confident that they could have shot this thing down over the Aleutian Islands when they first spotted it. So he was very confident in that assessment. Joe Kent, uh, who's a uh, Green Beret, retired uh, Green Beret Special Operations veteran, he ran for Congress out in Washington State and just came up uh, 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 short but close to win that congressional race out there. He said this on Twitter, a hostile nation 
hasn't violated our sovereignty since World War II. Under Biden, it's becoming a normal occurrence. This is a direct result of Biden opening our southern border and being deeply compromised by the CCP. Biden's weakness, incompetence, and corruption is dangerous for America. Uh, that was uh, Joe Kent via Twitter uh, earlier this week. And uh, former CIA operations officer Sam Fattis basically said the same thing yesterday right here on Montana Talks. It was around 8.40 yesterday morning. The full audio with Sam Fattis is already on our Montana Talks podcast on the app.